0: KXNO Ken Miller Trent Condon Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO
1: All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller & Condon on a, well, the final football Friday here as we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours on both 1460 KX and now on 106.3 FM. Welcome to the program. It's the Friday of Super Bowl week. Going to do what we've done for years, and that's try to get as many of our football voices to opine. Not for, you know, a 10-minute block of time, but a couple of minutes for each of them. Uh, So here's the lineup on the BMW. Des Moines guest list here today. Well, first of all, going to head to Miami uh, and catch up with Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. He's been covering it. Covered many Super Bowls. He's back there again. We will pick Vinny's brain in about 15 minutes on what he's seen so far this week. Get him to go on record with his uh, pick in Super Bowl 54. Uh, Vinny is our Jeopardy winner. Three-time Jeopardy winner. <laughs> I think we should add that when we introduce Vinny because that is quite a feat that he was able to pull off.
2: And did it while he was in college. It wasn't at, the college uh, Northwestern, tournament. Northwestern, right. It was part of the actual real Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Yes, that he was on. Three-time winner, though. Vinny has said to us in the past he kind of wish wishes it was the double amount of money that you can win now as yeah. a compared
1: to when he was on over 20 years ago. It's uh, been a long time, but Vinny will join us. We'll tell, we won't talk Jeopardy. We'll talk at football with Vinny in about 15 minutes. Wade, looking Bill, former Hawkeye, going to slide on in here at 10:30. We will uh, take a look back at last night's uh, Maryland victory over Iowa. Pretty, f- it was good. It was a fun game. It, look, it didn't go the Hawks' way, but it's the road in the Big Ten, and Maryland's damn good at home. Mm-hmm. How good? Well, they haven't lost a game. Um, playing on their home floor. So, and here, don't look now, but here comes Illinois on Sunday at noon. So we'll do that with Wade looking, Bill. Dylan Motz will come in at 1045. We'll catch up on all things Iowa State. There is some football news including one piece of news that was certainly well-received by me. I'm not sure I went over in Cyclone Nation. But the fact that the West Virginia-Iowa State finale has been moved off the final weekend of the the college football season to Black Friday because, after all, there was a massive void in this state Mm -hmm. without one of the two teams playing. And good for the Big 12. I mean, I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not, but certainly going to work out well. I'm all for it, Trent.
2: Yeah. Did they announce the start time with that? No, I didn't see that. So that'll be something that'll come out when TV times come out and and everything's kind of figured out. Fingers crossed 7
1: o'clock. Oh, you're looking for a night game, are you? Why not? Why not? I'm not. Well, we'll we'll have a long time, sadly, to opine before uh, we find out that. So that's the first hour of the program, then football heavy with our voices. Nick Athen covers the Chiefs for us. Uh, Prime Timesports talk.com. he's covered the chiefs for decades so he'll slide on in here uh then uh jeff hughes who does the bears for us thebearsblog.com will get his pick likewise dave Sinikin. we'll also ask these guys their, their own in the, case, in the case of the bears and the packers their biggest off-season wish if they could wave their magic wand what would the team that they cover fe- root for uh do in the off-season Bama bob just because he's Bama bob and well I love Bama Bob, and he's yeah. going to come in here 11-25. He's going to give us his pick and give you an opportunity to win some claxons. Boy, that sounds good on a Super Bowl Sunday, mm-hmm. does it? Not some claxons, BBQ. Now, you just told me that you corrected last week's. Yes. We are rewarding mediocrity, Trent. Not even mediocrity. We're yeah, rewarding it's, awfulness. It's piss poor is what it was last week. We had our four contestants. If you're new to the program, first of all, welcome and thank you. Uh, uh, every Friday at about 1145, Claxons in Altoona, barbecue restaurant in Altoona, been in business for over 20 years. They've stood the test of time in the restaurant business. They're doing it right. We give uh, four of our listeners an opportunity to win. Uh, either a thirty-five or a twenty-five dollar gift certificate to Claxons. You get the most right, you get the big prize, runner-up gets twenty-five. This past week we had four contestants all go one and three.
2: <laughs> it's awful. It's abysmal. Everybody had Auburn against Iowa State last week. Didn't cover. Iowa State covered that one. Everybody had you and I. Now that mm. was tight. Went to overtime, mm-hmm. but uh you and I did not get the cover as Loyola covered the five and a half. So those were a couple of losers. Three of the four guys had uh kentucky over texas tech they got that right the one person that didn't had most state over drake covering that game and was able to uh get the push and everybody went so we
1: went to the tiebreaker
2: yes chris won it he had 68 for the total in the pro bowl jamie finished second he had 62
1: (laughs) we used the pro bowl
2: did we we did you love the pro i
1: well I, i i don't know anyways um so, busy show today. Let, let's uh, take a look back at last night. Boy, both of those Big Ten. God, I love the Big Ten this year. You know, it changes. One year I'm a Big 12 basketball fan. The next, who knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but boy, this year, this conference has it going on, Trent. I mean, there's. it's not even debatable, right, as to what the most entertaining conference in college basketball is. I mean, is it?
2: I don't think so. You could talk about the brand and the slowdown style and those types of things. And, uh, it's just old school basketball. Okay. <laughs> well, at least it's entertaining. Yes. And at least you're going to get good teams at least 12 of the 14 teams, are good teams this year. Mm-hmm. Who's the team that's going to fall off? Because 12 aren't going to make the NCAA mm, tournament. No,
1: it's Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I think it's Wisconsin. Boy, that turmoil that continues Ooh, guard's there. Oh,
2: got problems. And what Tyler Hero, what he was saying on Instagram and oh, going back and that. forth. Yeah, he, he basically said he was committed to Wisconsin, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. And he said if it was a different style, he'd be there. He'd also know if he would have gone to Wisconsin, he wouldn't be in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. He'd still be toiling with the Badgers. Mm-hmm. Now they'd be a lot better, Tyler. Hero yeah. Certainly on that team, and he's happy that he made the decision to go to Kentucky. But he was going back and forth. He was going back and forth with a former uh, player from Wisconsin about that, just talking about the style. And kids don't want to play with that. Certainly guards don't want to play in that yeah. system anymore. You wonder about guard. You know, a lot of people, Wisconsin people, make you believe that uh, just Tony Bennett, he'll be coming back makes $5 million a year Yeah,
1: I, I, I hear you. I mean, I don't know if Alvarez is going to write that check. Guard makes $2
2: million. Right. You know where Barry puts his money. It's in the right. football program. Absolutely. <laughs> as successful as they've been uh-huh. in basketball for 25 years, yeah. that's not where the money goes. It mm. goes to the football program. And even there, remember the reason Bielema left?
1: Yeah.
2: it was They weren't mm-hmm. in a pain as assistant coaches. Right. And that was a decision there. Barry, tight with that money there in Wisconsin. Well,
1: how many more years he has left? What is he, 70? Oh, he's got to be he 's got to be right around there he is it 's well look he 's had a phenomenal run had a phenomenal run. Conference overall is terrific Maryland last night. Look, foul trouble for Garza right off the bat, and when the big fella's not on the floor, although, you know what, I thought McCaffrey coaches, you-know-what off, stealing a few minutes mm-hmm. with two fouls, getting him in, inserting him, taking him out, putting him back in, and right at the end there, for the last possession, when he got that little right-hand hook shot that he'd been hitting, uh, they said the, the, the play was drawn up perfectly, he just didn't fall. Just didn't fall. But uh, how about Riley Till? I mean, he only yes. played six minutes. They were good minutes. They though. were really good
2: minutes. They, he was energetic. He was in there. He was doing. Yeah. He was getting rebounds. He was helping on defense. Mm-hmm. He was exactly what you wanted right. that spot. Tipping Cordell balls Pempsil. out
1: to his guys. Yeah,
2: Pemsel probably yes, he did. played, played very his best well. game in the last three weeks, at the very mm-hmm. least. He was out there doing things. But uh, C.J. Frederick... Made a couple of shots and missed them terribly, but he just kept coming. Yeah. Didn't shoot
1: the ball yeah, real he well. Missed, he missed a couple of bad ones. He had mm-hmm. a couple of air balls. Tucson only made two baskets, strength. They were exactly the same way. Yes. <laughs> Boy, he's fast, isn't he? He's so damn quick watching this guy with the basketball in his hand. What did you think of tee? T? I mean, he's a senior. You got it hit in the face. I get it. Yeah. You know, I get it uh, why he chirped off, but he did it right in front of the official. You know you what, want?
2: though? This is what we like about this team. We like that they jaw. You know, we just talked about it after the Wisconsin mm-hmm. game, and C.J. Frederick saying to a Badger player, "Was walking off the floor, get the blank off my blank yeah. floor." You know, yeah. that that is the attitude of this team, that mm-hmm. toughness component that Fran's been asking for for a decade. It's there. Uh, sometimes you got to live with this a little mm-hmm. bit because these dudes jaw. I think
1: it's two McCaffreys that, yes. have, that have put this over the top. Uh huh. I mean, Fran's been, Fran's been the constant, right? And they haven't Absolutely. played like their uh, like their head coach. Uh, like the toughness that you know, we believe that he would have shown growing up, right mm-hmm. figure think back to where he grew up, but maybe it took his his son in the locker room to you know to, to i' don't know, to, to make it to make it sink in even more. It certainly has a fun team to watch. Wieskamp started out house on fire then had that big drought
2: yes I mean
1: a huge drought Morcel did a terrific job on him for a while, but then Wieskamp got going late. Look, you can't win them all. Didn't think they were going to win them all. Uh, they would go the rest of the way und, uh, undefeated. But, you know, when Garza's not on the floor and they took it to him and got him in a little foul trouble, There's one. there was one in particular that thought, yes, come on, you can't make that call. But The
2: double foul drought. Yes. And it has nothing to do with it right. involving Luka Garza. Just in general, mm-hmm. I despise double I fouls. Do too. I They're, do, too. Somebody initiated it. Yep. Somebody's got this going. Yep. It is an absolute cop-out for the official. Totally agree. I don't like that call on its own. Nothing to do with guards. Nothing to do with, no, the with game. anybody. Right? And you know, basketball officiating. I am not a fan of. It, were there calls that Iowa was frustrated with? You mentioned the T. You know, was it warranted? Was it was, was it right enough? in front of the, the right? Front. I mean,
1: he had to. He had yeah, to. And he problem.
2: had to say a magic word maybe in there that that pushed yeah. it over the edge. <laughs> Another one that drove. But who me came nuts. and
1: got Creener away? Was it Pempsil? I think it was Pempsel yeah, that yeah. grabbed them, not yep. grabbed them, but yep. you know started Walked escorting them away from yep. the what could have been a friend. They're down three. Yep.
2: Uh, Frederick gets a rebound. He gets bumped. His foot steps on the end line. Yes, and they called out of bounds. Right, the, right. He didn't. That was a tough call. He was displaced. Mm-hmm. He was put mm-hmm. out of bounds by a defender. But this is basketball. You are talking up and down the floor for two hundred minutes. There are going to be individual plays that you can p- complain about. On both sides. It wasn't a huge disparity. It wasn't anything like that. Yeah, you got a couple of calls that didn't go your way. Got beat by 10. Maryland was a better team. Cowan mm-hmm. was the best last player. Night they were. On the floor. Cowan was unbelievable. Career Jalen Smith number. was good again, yep. as he was against Indiana over the yep. weekend. Maryland was better last day. That's yep. fine. Marcel was good. You know what? Sign up for this one on Saturday, semifinal Saturday. Okay. Let's get the rubber match. I'm in. And see Iowa there for the first time under Fray McCaffrey getting to semifinal Saturday. Is it in Chicago or back in Indiana? It's in you? Indianapolis this year.
1: Wheels are turning. Oh, really? Wheels are turning. That'd be fun. I last, well, I think the last time I was there, I was there. I've never been
2: to Indianapolis for that. I have been to Chicago a couple of times yeah. for the Big Ten tournament, but I've never made my way to Indy.
1: It's what like nine hours, maybe. I know when I'm going to when I'm driving to Louisville. That yeah. you get to turn Indianapolis and you head south, and that's about a ten hour drive. I think it's probably eight to Indianapolis. Not too bad. It's not awful. You can make it, right? It's Actually, I stayed at the Hawkeyes Hotel and didn't know that I was last time we were there. Oh, really? Uh, I think they got beat by Illinois. Hmm. I think Illinois picked them off the year that, anyways,
2: whatever. Was it one of the collapse years? Yeah, one, were one of your your collapse years. there and right on your years. way back? Mm-hmm. Des Moines 2. It's eight hours. Seven and a half, eight. Seven and a half, eight hours. Let's see what MapQuest says here. Google Maps. Uh, still loading. Okay. All well, right. We'll get to it. 73, by the way, for Barry
1: Alvarez. Seven hours, six minutes. Seven hours, six minutes. Not awful. Uh, coming up, we're going to get talk to Vinnie. Iyer here in about a couple of minutes. Uh, we'll do that. You know, the other game, just real quick, Trent, I, I want to hit on this with you. Minnesota, Illinois, mm-hmm. um, two teams that are, you know, right in the hunt with Iowa, right there. Right. They're, they're right there in the standings with them. This Illinois team is fun to watch. They really and truly are. Bashanis Veley, Coburn, DeSonamu, Fraser is really coming on. Uh, Feliz was the guy last night that I. I didn't see that coming. I mean he's had those kind of moments, but this was a this is a good Illinois team. This is gonna be a tough game on Super Bowl Sunday. And what a way to start. If you're a fan, mm-hmm. I mean a sports fan. Um Illinois, Iowa into the pregame, into the Super Bowl, okay.
2: Seven in a row. Five of them have been tight mm-hmm. down the stretch. Now, Desumu has been a big part of that. Yeah, yes. And he's been he's been the closer. I mean, I think most people saw the shot against Michigan, but he's the guy with the ball in his hands latest. Not Trent Frazier a whole lot. It's Desumu. That's the guy that they want to generate offense. But when you play that many close games, it tends to even out. It tends to revert back to kind of that five hundred ish record for a team. It's very rare that you see a team go ten and one in you know, games decided by two possession, things like that. That's what they're ripping off right now. But Jeez. talk about the importance of this one for Iowa now because it's a quick turnaround again. They played Monday, played last night, and they'll play again on Sunday. So it's three games in six days with a limited bench that they have. But it's a home game, have to hold serve. If we're still talking about this team getting the double-by, double, double bye, being a top-four team in the Big Ten this year, these are ones you can't afford to lose Gonna be a fun one. I'm looking I'm forward to the matchup.
1: And is it sold out? Did I? I think I saw that the the, the it, next yes. two games are sold out. Yep, this one and the Nebraska game. Then the following Saturday. Right, and we just uh, Andrew Downs just had tickets on uh, the KXNO. So if you don't follow no on Twitter, ooh, um, apparently he uh, he tweeted out there about an hour ago uh, that we had tickets. They're gone, by the way. They're gone. We don't have them. That was a it was a Twitter. Um, opportunity but uh, we had a handful of tickets to give away so hopefully those people will pick them up need to do so if you did win them uh, by the end of business today as the tickets are here at 2141 grand, uh, you cannot pick them up at, uh, at Carver Hawkeye. All right. Iowa State Place, Texas. We, this weekend, that's the Longhorn Network. At least that's what ESPN said. So if you're looking for the game tomorrow and if you, you know, just expect to turn on and at one o'clock and go to, if you're a direct TV guy, 206, 207, 208, 209. Not going to be there. Longhorn Network is the television that I saw. Uh, One o'clock tip uh, tomorrow in Austin, and Iowa State's got a chance to pick the pick these guys off on the road. They have not had a good year. Pretty
2: limited offensive Texas team this season. No, but but, if you want your defense to look better, take
1: on the Longhorns (laughs) now. If well, remember how they quit too when they were in West Virginia, and Morgantown. That was embarrassing. Let's get to Vinny Iyer. Uh, He's in uh, South Florida as he covers Super Bowl Fifty Four. Vinny Trenton, Ken and Des Moines. Thank you as always for. Coming on. How are you, Vinny
0: Iyer? doing well, guys. Uh, Thanks for having me.
1: I appreciate it. You know what? Before we get to the Super Bowl, let's talk with. Almost broke Twitter last night. And that was the picture of Tom Brady uh, either walking into a stadium or walking out of a stadium. Um, It was just kind of odd, I guess is the right way to put it, that he would uh, take that time to post that. And obviously it got people speculating, what does this mean? Is he going back into the the, uh, Gillette Stadium? Is he walking out of it? What was your takeaway on that, Vinny? Do we know anything more?
0: Well, uh, we saw that Adam Schefter followed that up and said, uh, this has nothing to do with this, but the speculation is fun. That's what's going to happen when you throw something out. But he's very good at social media. He wants to keep people guessing. I think it's a game he's kind of played here. I mean, we saw him in the Las Vegas in a fight room there. Right, with the, yes. The Raiders. And so I think he's teasing us. And then we go about the Los Angeles connection, the Miami connection. I think he's having fun with us because the first time he's exploring this and that Rob Gronkowski was here earlier in the week and he said that. I think he wants to explore and kind of see what his options are and for the first time kind of weigh it he hasn't had a chance to do this in uh, 20 years, so pretty much. So, when you think of that, we showed uh, some players a tweet at the EA Sports Bowl last night, and uh, they were convinced uh, that he's out the door. But mm. We'll see about we'll see about this. Um, I, then we saw another picture with him and uh, Giselle and, and Gil Brandt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see Gil well,
1: Brandt so. and Tom Brady in that picture, by the way.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, who knew? Um, yeah. yeah uh, so, he, he's uh, dropping kind of hints everywhere, but it just shows you how good he is about uh, kind of controlling his own uh, image and uh, fate here for the first time.
2: Vinny, as we sit here on Friday before the Super Bowl, you've been there for a while. I think, what, you got in Tuesday uh, with the Sporting News crew. Is it is it at the point where you're kind of over it? You're just ready for the game and ready to get this thing started?
0: Right? Uh, Yes and no. <laughs> I kind of like to build up to yeah. it myself. Yeah. Uh, but uh, cause I, I want the excitement of the potential of this matchup to last a little longer Me because too. I think it could be really good. And I, I, I hope, unfortunately, we can only watch four quarters of this, but I would <laughs> uh, watch like a three- or four-game series of these two teams playing each other uh, to uh, determine the champion. So I just like this matchup. It's so even. It could be so exciting. I mean, you look at the offenses, they're very explosive. Two of the highest-scoring offenses, a lot of speed, quickness on both teams, but then you have two defenses with a lot of exciting players Mm -hmm. where you have Frank Clark and Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew on one side, and on the other side you have Nick Bosa and Richard Sherman and Juan Alexander and uh, all these guys that are just so fast and uh, big-time playmakers all over the field.
1: Yeah, I think you you hit on the salient point there, Vinny. The, the, uh, The Niners' defensive line is outstanding. We know that. But I think if we took a little bit longer of a look at the Chiefs, I mean, with Jones and Clark, they have really stepped up their game. Now you had Suggs. I mean, he doesn't have as much left as he obviously, not the same player as he once was, but he's a good addition. This Chiefs defensive front, are we overlooking them a little bit as we, you know, fondly, uh, shine our gaze on, on the, uh, uh, on what the Niners uh, bring defensively? But this Chiefs team's not bad up front either.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to be key in this game because of their linebacker core. That's been the weakness of the Chiefs all season. They kind of have a makeshift linebacker core. There's no one great back there now. They lost uh, Juan Thornhill at safety, so you got Daniel Sorensen, who's not the best support player. I mean, Tyron Matthew can't do everything Mm -hmm. back there on the back end. So uh, they really have to dictate things up front. And the good news is that sometimes Mike McGlinchey has struggled at, at right tackle. They lost their center, Weston Richburg. So there are going to be opportunities to try to get after Jimmy Garoppolo. The hard thing is the 49ers get the ball out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hands so fast, and he's also very athletic and mobile where he can uh, roll out and make some plays. So that's going to be the issue is can they get to him? And uh, you'll look on the other side. I mean, same deal. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is going to extend plays. So it's uh, going to be fun. I think you're right. Uh, The battle up front is going to be awesome to watch. I think the 49ers have a little bit more depth and are a little bit better on both edges, and I think that gives them an advantage
2: there. Running game uh, gets a jolt for San Francisco as if they needed it after what we saw out of Raheem Mostert in the NFC Championship game. Tevin Coleman going to go, dislocated shoulder in that NFC Championship game. What have you heard about him? Limited snaps if, he, if he's out there, and it sounds like he is going to be, but what have you heard about Tevin Coleman?
0: I mean, he's very clear what the 49ers do they go with the old classic hot hand approach mm-hmm. not great for fantasy football but it's very good You're for right. reality football I mean you look at it I mean uh, when Tevin Coleman had a big game you think he was going to carry that over the next game and then all of a sudden it was Mostert doing it and I think they just looked at the flow of the game what the beauty of it for the 49ers is I know people are saying okay if Chiefs did a number on Derrick Henry but this is a completely different type of running game because you have different guys at different angles you fresh legs in there. You have a lot of speed. I mean, Matt Breida and uh, uh, looking at what Mostert has done, these guys at top speed run to close 22 miles an hour. So Mm. that's uh, amazing when you think about it, that we're talking about the chief speed, but these guys have a lot of speed as well. And that's the thing. Any of those guys can take any run distance. And the fact that someone is going to be fresh, late in the game to do that against a tired defense, uh, that gives the 49ers advantage as
1: well. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News is our guest Miller and Condon, 1460 cakes and now on 106.3 FM. Vinny, if this game is as close as most people think it's going to be it could come down to a game-winning kick potentially. Who do you trust more, Harrison Butner, uh, Butker rather, or, uh, or Robbie Gould? Both have had really good years. Is there an edge? Is one, is one kicker better than the other, Vinny, if it's
0: well, we're getting uh, deep here now, <laughs> into the game, with the kickers. But uh, the, the difference between the two is that Harrison Bucker has a little bit more Stronger, range. Stronger, yeah. So yeah, he has to hit like a 50-yarder. But if you're going the 35 to 45 route and it's something that the uh, old hat, it's going to be rather Gold. I mean, he's been in a lot of situations, pressure kicks. Uh, been around for a long time. I mean, Bucker's also pretty good. I think when you look at it overall, I think the Chiefs have a slight – Special teams, Ed, because they also have the return guy, uh, McCole Hardman, who went to the Pro Bowl as a rookie. So I think that's a slight, maybe, thing in the Chiefs' favor overall because uh, if they don't uh, move the ball all the way into the red zone, they can still get some points there with Butker uh, from 50 yards out.
2: We know Kyle Shanahan. He's more than likely going to have more of these opportunities and what he's been able to kind of build there in San Francisco and going back to his days in Atlanta, the lineage. But for Andy Reid... He's still going to have Patrick Mahomes, but they're going to be paying Patrick Mahomes, and we'll see what the roster around him is going to look like. Just the importance of this for for him, and it, it feels like, in a lot of NFL circles, a lot of people are rooting for Andy Reid this week.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Um, they want him to uh, win and kind of stamp the resume. I mean, the resume is pretty strong already. I mean, he's an offensive guru. He's had two very successful teams uh, that were built differently. He's a uh, a great uh personnel guy as well i mean people forget about that part of what, what he's had input wise but I mean, his decisions have been uh, the long-lasting effect on his team so yeah it would be nice for him to get that but then at the same time we have the storyline of kyle shanahan who uh can join his father in a unique combination of winning super bowls and make the shanahan kind of like royalty of coaching mm-hmm. in the nfl yeah. so i think there are two uh fun storylines and uh keep in mind uh Last time the uh, 49ers uh, won the Super Bowl here in Miami with Steve Young, that was Mike Shanahan calling the plays, and one of the best hmm. play calling days we've seen in a Super Bowl. And uh, I'm sure Kyle's going to learn something a little bit from that and uh, the 23-game, things he did <laughs> poorly there to protect that lead. Yeah,
1: that was Niners-Chargers, right?
0: Yeah, that was definitely uh, that game, and uh, that was the game where uh, Steve Young, of course, had yeah. six touchdowns.
1: Unbelievable. <laughs>
0: and, yeah, in the days when it was just uh, – a 49ers or Cowboys coordination, The Super Bowl was.
1: Yeah, I remember those days. Uh, last thing for you, Vinny, before we get your pick, is there maybe more pressure or as much pressure on anybody on the Chiefs as Eric Fisher? I mean, if Eric Fisher is going to see Nick Bosa all uh, game long, and I think he will. Uh, Nick Bosa's got such a quick first step. Mitchell Schwartz on the on the right side, I think he's yeah, he's fine. But how about Eric Fisher? Is is he prepared? Is he ready for Nick Bosa, the challenge that he'll present?
0: Uh, he has to be ready at this point, hopefully. I mean, I don't think uh, it's a necessarily a good matchup for the Chiefs, as you mentioned. I mean, Fisher's solid. I mean, he had a slow start to his career. He was a high pick here, yeah. and uh, they expected a lot more from him. But he kind of settled in after a while. I think getting some other guys in the line to kind of support him really helped. So I, I, I think, though, Nick Bosa, they can move around. That's a, that's a good thing to get fresh legs. Yep. They can do that as well because they have uh, Eric Armstead and get him out there D forward in their rotation. So I mean they have so many guys that can get to the quarterback. Again, they they'll have guys that are specifically out there on third downs. And their goal, as much as possible, is to get the Chiefs one dimensional. I know it's crazy. Say you want to have a uh, uh, Mahomes throw as much as possible, but that's still the way you're going to get to them. That's what creates the sack opportunities if they're. Chiefs are running. You're not going to get those opportunities to get to the quarterback. Trent's got the
1: uh, Chiefs. I've got the Niners. Who does Vinnie Iyer have?
0: I have the uh, Niners as well. I mean, I think I probably uh, hinted at that several hmm. times uh, during this interview, but I, I think it's going to be a close game. I, I think too. when he weighs the things that the 49ers do well offensively, I don't know how the Chiefs answer it. I mean, they're very good at uh, tight end, of course, with George Kittle. The Chiefs don't cover the tight end well. They're, the their backs well. The Chiefs don't cover backs well. So all these things go against them, but the Chiefs have that equalizer there, Patrick Mahomes. So can he extend plays, make things happen when things break down as usual, then you expect a close game. So I still like the 49ers to have a little bit more explosiveness to win the game. And I think there are just more ways for them to win versus the Chiefs in on this one.
1: Enjoy the game, Vinny. Thank you for doing what you do for us. Appreciate it. Yep. Have a good one. Good to talk to you. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. He's going to go Niners. All right, it's time to pay your bills with iHeartRadio 1460KXNO and 106.3 FM. Text the keyword Jock to 200, 200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000. That's Jock to 200, 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Wade looking bill on the Hawks, Maryland, and looking ahead to Illinois, Iowa on Sunday, followed by Dylan Monson, on Iowa State. That's the rest of the first hour. of The program as we take you until noon, right here on fourteen sixty KX and now on one. Right, welcome back, in Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KX and now on one hundred six point three FM. Dylan Monts coming up in about ten minutes, twelve minutes on Iowa State. Right now, Wade Lookingbill looks back to last night's uh maryland Lawson in a head to illinois game noon carver hawkeye arena on sunday wade trenton ken thanks for coming on wade looking bill tough one for the hawks last night
3: yeah you know i thought they played okay you know maryland's really good i think they're 11 and 0 now 12 and 0 at home and they mm-hmm. got they got the players on that team they're, they're really skilled so i, I thought i would okay but you know that was one they probably weren't counting on when right. the season started but uh Sonny's
1: a big one. Yeah, no doubt about that. This conference is unbelievable. Illinois is one of those stories of the year. Well, let's talk, go back into last night. Cowan was out of his mind. He's really good, but last night he seemed to be better than he's ever been. Smith is Smith. Uh Wiggins. Boy, you know what? As I think back to that game, Wade, I, I saw Maryland hit more shots as the shot clock was about to expire. It was unbelievable yep. to me.
3: I I was thinking the same thing. I thought Iowa guarded really well, you know, for 24, 25 seconds. And it wasn't like they were playing bad defense or lost their man. Maryland just made shots. And then you have to come out and guard Cowan a little deeper. And that opens up those big guys inside. You know, J- Jalen Smith, I I thought he was going to go lashing. You That guy could uh. run and dump. And now he's starting to shoot the three a little bit. I... <laughs> I really hope he goes this year so we don't
2: have to face him anymore. Really talented team up and down that Maryland squad. Really played well. You mentioned Cowan Smith, and and it wasn't just those two guys. I mean, Morsel, he was about as good as we've seen in quite a while. A lot of him, he played at a high level. Maryland, we know about the talent on their side, but Iowa, as you said, didn't play well. Luka Garza in foul trouble, and you certainly dealt with this Wade as a big guy and playing next to guys like A.C. Earl. Fran McCaffrey has been pretty steadfast in the past. You get two fouls in the first half, you're sitting on the bench. But he did steal a couple of minutes. Now the bench had something to do with that with him and Freiner both dealing with foul trouble. But do you like that hard and fast rule? Two fouls you sit the rest of the half.
3: You know, it is really there's so many coaches that that do it and I, I, I wish I could ask them what the thought process is behind it, because if you're if you're in foul trouble or foul out, you're on the bench. But if you're being sat out because you have two fouls, you're also on the bench.
4: Right. So my thought is,
3: hey, you know, let's. So I was down four at half. If Garza would have played more that first half, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe they're tied or or or, or up to. Mm-hmm. Now, would that have affected the outcome of the game? And and I don't know what Luke how many fouls he finished with, but four. I don't know. I, I, did he? Okay. Yeah. So I, I think they're kind of trying to, you know, give that senior or junior kid with experience a little more wiggle room on that whole thing. But, you know, when 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 cleaner got that technical, you know, that that's a foul. Yeah. So that kind of – now you're on the bench. And I don't really agree with it, but, you know, Purdue does it. I mean, Iowa does it. A lot of coaches do it, and it's just kind of a hard and fast old-school basketball rule. It's it's different.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
3: Cordell Pempstil, his best game of the year last night maybe? Yep. Yeah, I like that. He hit a lot of offensive rebounds. I, I think he finished eight total. Yep. They need more out of him. Like I, I was at the Wisconsin game on Monday, and he just it's, his confidence doesn't look very good. You know, it's just something where he gets rebounds, and I thought two years ago when he was you know relatively healthy, he'd go back up and try to score. But I think he's just trying. You know, whenever you have a basketball team, everybody's kind of a piece of the puzzle. You know, some guys shoot, some guys rebound, some guys score, some guys handle the ball. And I think he's maybe found a niche where he can increase his playing time, and, and that is by, by by rebounding. And and, and they're going to need him.
2: Wade Bill joining us, former Iowa Hawkeye basketball player here on Miller & Condon. All right, Wade, I uh, want to get your thoughts on, on kind of an overall view. Uh, last night we saw Kreiner get a technical for John a little bit after he got hit in the face and went up and uh, hit a shot. Toussaint talks about as much as anybody you're going to find. Frederick talks a ton. Connor McCaffrey talks a ton. When you've got a group like this, is it, is it something that's infectious too? It, maybe it's one or two guys and it just builds from there and everybody decides, yeah, we're going to talk as a team.
3: See, I, I like it. Me too. I think that's something they've missed the <laughs> yep. last four or five years. You mm-hmm. know, whether it was Aaron White or Jared Utah for two really good players. I mean, pro-making-money-playing-basketball types of players, but they were just really nice kids. And we need a little more of that Joe Toussaint from the Bronx yep. type of mentality. Now, now Ryan Cleaner's got, got to pick his spot a little better. He can't just, after he gets an and-one, say whatever he said to that player. You can't. You got to kind of wait till you're down the court next time and maybe play something, or maybe it's a little elbow or something, you know. But, but I, I think that's healthy to a certain extent because that's kind of a toughness and that. Hey, we're not going to be pushed around type of mentality that, that they really need, and I think it's been better here this year.
1: Well, here comes Illinois on Sunday uh, into Carver Hawkeye Place is going to be banged out. That's great, good to see uh, that Hawkeye fans are supporting this team, and and why wouldn't they be? They're off to Sunday. a Sunday. Tr-
3: I, I think it's going to
1: be awesome. I think it's going to be great. It's, going to be terrific. Uh, yeah. it's too bad yeah. Illinois share into four because this is one of the better stories of the Big Ten this year. This conference so deep, so fun. Coburn's out of his mind. Bashana's Vili, Desonamu. I mean, so many guys. Fraser, Feliz. Uh, who am I missing? Williams. Uh, this is gonna be tough. Coburn, this... The Big kid. yeah. Kofi yeah. Coburn, unreal. Uh, it's gonna be. Yeah. This is a tough, tough matchup for Iowa.
3: This is this is gonna be a test because this is a team that is as good, if not maybe playing better than Iowa, but Iowa's got them at home, and you know you start looking at they they have ten games left. So, and I think it's the top four in the Big Ten get a buy that first yep. round, if that's right. So I. I think that's now the goal. You still want to, you still got an outside shot if you go crazy to, to, to win the conference. But now you're talking about, so let's finish in the top four so we get that by an extra day of rest. So if you want to do that, this is a game you got to win. You got to give them at home because if you look at Iowa's remaining 10 games, can they win at Purdue? Maybe. Can Mm -hmm. they win at Minnesota? Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Maybe. You know, so you got to win. Can, can they win at Michigan State? Mm -hmm. That'll be a tough one. So these are games you got to get at home and it'll be a great test.
2: So Illinois, that was a huge rivalry. What happened while you were playing? What was going on with Dion Thomas and the Chevy Blazer yeah. and Pearl and, and on and on and yeah. on? I mean, there were so many layers there. It feels like, and I think a part of it is maybe the part of state that we live in. If we're in the Quad Cities, it would be different. But you know, Illinois, the basketball program has taken a step back, and with it, I think the rivalry has taken a step back. But take us back almost thirty years ago, and the time that Deion Thomas came to Carver for the first time, what it was like, and when you guys went over to Assembly Hall and you guys were certainly a hated team making your way over there.
3: Yeah, it's, you know, back when I played, we had four or five kids from Illinois, from the state of Illinois, that that, that played for us. And I think for a couple of years, every scholarship player at Illinois was from the state of Illinois, whether it was, oh. you know, Doc Liberty, Kendall, Kendall Gill, um, Kenny Battle, all those guys, Tommy and Michael, they were all from the state of Illinois. So it's just that proximity, and you play against them growing up, you know, in AAU and tournaments and camps and things. Um, but the whole Deion Thomas thing was kind of crazy. You know, Pearl taped that conversation, and, and Deion admitted it, and it was something where, you know, Illinois was in the wrong. I mean, they, they offered the kid or his family a car. I mean, that was that was a done deal, yet Iowa got vilified for it because <laughs> Coach Pearl turned him in. So that's a whole other conversation. But I can remember going over to Illinois, my junior or senior year, I forget and we went in like it was a Sunday game I think and we went in like Saturday night we drove in which we usually don't and I know we had police escorts to the game and, and they thumped us good it was one of those where they were they were going to get us and then they did but um it's a great rivalry and again there's going to be a lot of Illinois fans in that stadium too so I always got to come out right away guard and just get off to a good start and see what happens uh Wade
1: uh, who do you like on the other game on Sunday
3: is that Michigan State, Michigan? Or <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh,
1: oh, basketball oh, guy God. first and foremost.
3: Uh uh Niners roll. Niners roll? I think that Kansas I think that Kansas City defense is suspect. I don't think they can stop anybody and I think San Francisco defense is unbelievable and they're just gonna Put the shutdown on them, and George Kittle's going to be the MVP, and just have an awesome day. Oh, that's, that's great my prediction. How about
1: that? it will work for me. I'm on the Niners as well, Wade. Thank you. We uh, we'll what talk. To you.
3: Is it, what is the spread? Is it? Is it it's
1: like a, a pick'em. It's it's a one, one yeah. and a half. Yep. Yeah. It's. Uh, I hope it's a tight game. I really do, Wade. We'll talk to you in the weeks yeah. to come. Thank you. Hey, anytime. Yep. Go Hawks. Thanks, yep. guys. Wade, looking Bill, former Hawkeye. Uh, joining us as uh, we uh, look back and look ahead. Uh, let's uh, do uh, Dylan Mons next on Iowa State. They've made some news, uh, and we'll do that with Dylan. We'll do some basketball stuff. They take on Texas. Longhorn Network, that's where I saw it. Did you see it anywhere else? 677 on your DirecTV. I believe that's where it is. So if you're looking for it, uh, that's what ESPN said that the, 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 that's where the game will be found. We'll come back. You can find Dylan Mons with Trent and I next as we take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KX and Owen now. On 106 point Joy.
0: Ken Miller, Trent Condon,
1: Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO.
4: And now on 106.3 FM.
1: All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, taking you until noon. A lot of football conversation coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. In fact, there's some NFL conversation, not NFL, some football conversation. Coming up right now, Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune, as we talk Iowa State. Do some basketball as Texas will entertain the clones tomorrow, uh, 1 o'clock on the Longhorn Network. Dylan, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Dylan Mons. How are you? Doing well, guys. How about you? Doing well, and uh, I was doing real well yesterday when I saw the news that the uh, finale of the 2020 football season, at least regular season, uh, is going to be played on Black Friday at Jack Trice Stadium. West Virginia game moved from Saturday to Friday. There was a void in our state, after all, uh, and it's been filled with the clones uh in West Virginia. Were you surprised at that announcement? Had there been any inkling or any kind of hints that that was being talked about behind the scenes, Dylan?
4: It, it, there wasn't any inkling that I had. Um, you know, I, and then They they probably did it just because they knew that there was going to be a, a void in the state. So it, it was something that they kind of just uh, threw people a bone a little bit. But it, it, the Black Friday games, I think, are always kind of interesting matchups, interesting times. Um, you know, it, It's a change in the schedule, certainly. And now Iowa State's going to have two uh, non-Saturday games. Right. And its 2020 schedule. So, um, and they've played West Virginia on Black Friday before. Uh-huh. Uh, it was back in 2012 uh, was the other time. Um, so it's a little bit of a departure, obviously, from what they've done in the past. But um, you know, kind of a, a unique uh, wrinkle in the schedule now for for the upcoming season.
1: Yeah, the other one is Kansas State on the 29th, right? Uh, Thursday, Thursday 20- game. Yep. Yeah. What logistically for you? I mean, and the other
2: people cyclone fans it's a little bit different you know iowa got in the every every other year kind of black friday knowing that's going to happen but the fan base what have you heard Blowback from it happy that they're not gonna have the spotlight to themselves but at least a a bigger window it feels like on that friday what have you heard
4: yeah i've not really seen so many people complain about it really um and for me, selfishly, I kind of like it because on, um, it seems like the last uh, few times on Thanksgiving, um, I have to go travel anyway. They've gone to Manhattan or, or wherever, um, you know, wherever they've wrapped up the season. So, uh, having to, you know, still have to go back on, on that Thursday or Friday that's Thanksgiving, but, um, being able to have it in Maine, uh, probably eases the burden a little bit on people. So I don't think it's, it's going to, um, throw off maybe too many plans for for people that would have wanted to go anyway.
1: Iowa State found a kicker in the 2020 class. I guess he'll sign uh, when signing day is what next week, next couple of weeks. Uh, but a kid who originally committed to Boston College. So how did Iowa State uh, find him, or how did he find Iowa State? Since you know Boston College went under underwent their coaching change, and he decided to open up his equipment, our uh, recruitment rather. Narveson uh, decides to leave the program, so there was an opening there. Uh, what can you tell us? about the young man and, and how did Campbell and his staff uh come across him do you know
4: yeah so he's from Ohio he's from Tip City Ohio uh, so it's kind of, in oh, the real okay. house of recruiting anyway um went to canoe and um, like you mentioned he'd been committed to Boston College um when they went through their coaching change uh be committed and then um got some interest from Arkansas and Georgia Tech and uh, I think Pittsburgh was the other yep. one um, that had been kind of in on him. So uh, I State they just kind of, um, you know, through, through their connections and certainly their ties to Ohio had become aware of him. And I think it became more of a priority, obviously, when um, Brady Narvison decided to transfer because they needed somebody um, who, who maybe looked the part of being stable um, after next year, because Connor O'Salley going on into his final year, but um, now I to have a few scholarship kickers on the roster and, you know, as as they've done in the past, I certainly think they'll they'll treat it this competition. Although I think Asali's uh, uh, going to have uh, the leg up, no pun intended, on uh, on that. Uh, but uh, have, having him just as kind of maybe uh, uh, to give a roadmap uh, for the future, in the next few years, um, it, it was it was a big part in in them pursuing a kid like that. So you had an opportunity to meet
2: for the first time with the new strength and conditioning coach, Dave Andrews. Your takeaway meeting with him, a guy that came in after five years with Pitt. He's got one of the biggest stars in the NFL, Aaron Donald, that still goes back and works out with him. And uh, just the, the the change that you expect to see compared to the old staff is with strength and conditioning.
4: Well, the first change is that I don't know if uh, Rudy Wade ever had a formal press conference. Really? When he retired or, or, or when, um, you know, at any point during the last four years, I don't think we ever had anything formal with him uh, for the local media. So getting – uh, peeking behind the curtain a little bit with the strength coaches is, is invaluable um, you get because you know in it almost seems anymore that those guys are on on par a little bit with the head coach in terms of importance because of how much time uh, they spend with them in the offseason and certainly they're in the the throngs of winter workouts right now and they're their key parts in, in spring ball and in the offseason but um, the, the One of the big things I took away was um, how um, much of a cohesive unit, um, the strength and and conditioning program, the player development program and the nutrition program are going to be moving forward because Iowa State also hired a a full-time nutritionist. Um, So I think that's just kind of uh, where college football is headed as well. But, um, you, you know, obviously Dave Andrews, just arrived a couple weeks ago still getting to learn the roster still kind of assessing um maybe what um their needs are moving forward but um you know matt campbell went after him uh pretty hard obviously and um to leave another power five program to, to go to iowa state he uh, was it was obviously made a priority so um you know i don't know if we'll fully see the, the fruits of that labor for a couple of years because it takes so long for strength programs to get up and going but Um, Certainly on the surface seems like a a good fit or, or a good hire by Matt Campbell.
1: On the surface, as we switch to basketball, it seems like tomorrow's game against Texas uh, on the road in Austin, a winnable basketball game, Dylan. Texas, they've had their struggles uh, so far this year. A couple of weeks ago, they were in Morgantown. It looked like they had quit on Shaka. They just uh, wanted to, wanted no part uh, of uh, of West Virginia. This is a team that's got some okay pieces. There's, there's usually one or two guys on Texas, seemingly, that, uh, you know, lottery picks or whatever, really good players. I don't know if they they. have one of those this year. Fabrice can light it up. Coleman does a nice job for them. I think he's their leading scorer. Um, But this is a winnable basketball game on the road tomorrow in Austin. Do you see it that way?
4: Yeah, it's certainly a team that's at the level of Iowa State in the Big 12 kind of has had its uh, its struggles uh, through most of league play. And um, we've seen obviously Iowa State go up against the top of the conference and they're not on that par at all. So, having these kinds of opportunities against the middle tier and, and the lower tier certainly of the Big 12 are ones that, um, you know, we're, we're not obviously talking about tournament hopes or anything, but it's just uh, probably to, to keep everybody intact, to keep everybody together, you know, maybe see if things are going the right way or, or try to rediscover some of the skill sets of those guys, see if you can get a few shots to pull, can you get a stop here at a crucial time, um, that's, that's what the game's going to be about, and it's certainly a test um, you know, for them to go on the road. They haven't won on the road this year, so it's another um, kind of probably check mark that they'd like to, to cross off. But um, yeah, going to be an, an interesting one for sure.
2: Dylan, the best player on this team, certainly Tyrese Halliburton. Bolton, the second best player. Who's the third best player in this Iowa State basketball team?
4: Yeah, really good question. It almost seems like it depends on the night a little bit. I still like what George Condit can give him, even though he's maybe had his ups and downs because uh, of his athleticism. Um, You know, I I think Jacobson can do some things every now and then. Um, You know, but it almost just seems like uh, every single night they're searching for for a new new guy, and they haven't really gotten in with the guards. The apprentice Nixon has had his struggles. Caleb Grill, I like him as a player. He obviously has had his struggles as a freshman. Uh, Terrence Lewis' minutes have been up and down, even though I think he played, um, you know, pretty well, uh, last Saturday at Auburn and gave him some, some good minutes. Just hasn't been any consistency at all. So, uh, you're really kind of, um, searching for one of those guys to step up. I'd probably lean, um, maybe Condit just because of his potential, but, um, you know, outside of those top two guys, it's really been hard to find somebody that Um, you can really count on uh, certainly in crunch time but really just any uh, for any extended minutes who wins the Super Bowl I've been going back and forth on this I'm really excited for the game I think um, probably I'd, I'd have to lean the 49ers just because I think of them as being a more complete team although Pat Mahomes obviously everybody knows what he can do so I think it'll be close but I think um, just the completeness of, of the the Niners, I think, probably gets it done even if Jimmy G only throws uh, five passes or whatever in the game. I think, um, you know, they, they, they have all the pieces, I think, to, on both sides of the ball.
1: Good stuff, Dylan. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Yep, thank you guys. Take care. Got Dylan Monts, Ames Tribune, as he slides this, So that's all three of our guests in the first hour taking the Niners.
2: I love my position <laughs> even more. You guys are all going to be wrong and I'll be Dancing with the Chiefs this weekend. Hey, quick wrestling note. Can you give me 30 yeah, seconds on yeah. wrestling? Yeah, this is a big, big, big night. Huge night tonight. Number 1 Iowa versus Penn State. It's been sold out. There's tickets going for $500. Are you kidding me? That's for awesome. For a wrestling duel. They're having a, a pregame show, a half-hour pregame show, before the duel tonight on BTN. First time ever that BTN wow. has done that for it. the hype Israel. So at 141, Max Mirren is the 141 pounder for Iowa. He's ranked in the top 10, but he's been injured. Didn't wrestle last week against Ohio State. Back in November, three-time All-American from Missouri, Jaden Ironman, announced that he was going to be a grad transfer. But most people speculated he was going to use the Olympic redshirt this year, getting ready for the 2020 Olympics, and then wrestle next season at Iowa. Just today, he shows up in the University of Iowa directory. What weight does he wrestle? One 141. 141. I mean, interesting. On, on the day of number one, number two, yeah. when your one forty-one pounders banged up. Yeah. All of a sudden, he shows up in the directory. This dude, the guy for Penn State's ranked number 2, his last name is also Lee Nickley is his name, but Ironman beat him 12-4 last year in the championship. I mean, if he shows up, he's never been in a Hawkeye single, and he shows up for this one tonight, oh, man, Carver. I mean, buildings can explode.
1: Kind of like when Oliver Martin scored and then...
2: Do you remember that night? Here. <laughs> this this guy's a all-American. Yeah, Oliver is, Martin? Not quite hasn't yet. yet.
1: Alright, we will uh come back uh with our NFL guests. They will opine on the Super Bowl. Nick Atherton on the Chiefs, Jeff Hughes, he covers the Bears, uh, Dave Sinek and the Packers. But every Super Bowl Friday we get our NFL voices in here to have them opine one final time. Final hour of the show next, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO now on 106.3 FM.